0: Hello, T West family and friends. Welcome back to the T West podcast, where we take time to refocus, refresh, reflect on God's word, and practical ways to apply it to our lives. This week's devotion comes from Pastor De Blair Snell. It's entitled "When Prayer Doesn't Change Things." Hope you're blessed. <music>
1: 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to look together at verse number 6, a very interesting revelation and disclosure given by the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 6, and listen intently to what the Apostle says. He says, for though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool for I will speak the truth, but I refrain lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. And notice what he says. This is really a stunning revelation of Scripture. And he says, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations A thorn in the flesh was given to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure and concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for you my strength is made perfect in weakness Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am made strong. But I want to read for emphasis verse 8 concerning this thing. I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for you what to do when prayer doesn't change things father I pray for permission to join my human weakness and lack to your divine strength would you once again hide me in the shadows of the cross that Jesus alone might be seen, that Christ alone would be heard, and at the conclusion of the matter, may Jesus alone be praised. And so, Father, I am praying that you would quicken us, that you would instruct us, and that in this moment, that you would fasten our hearts to yours with a greater grip is our prayer. In the matchless name of Jesus, we offer this petition. Let God's people say together, amen. In our text, we find the Apostle Paul demonstrating a level of transparency that I think is refreshing for the church. Understand that this Apostle has to manage the tension of being great while simultaneously remaining grounded. As an Apostle, he's got to operate with confidence without ever allowing himself to become conceited. And one of the constant refrains of the Pauline epistles is he always guides the church against the danger of what he calls boasting or glorying or becoming puffed up. In fact, the apostle considers all boasting and an unprofitable thing because he understands that every good and perfect gift comes from God. And understand that this is a battle that Paul himself has to wrestle with because when you look at Pauline writings, one of the things that becomes clear is that the Apostle Paul is a pretty self-assured type of dude. In fact, when you look at Paul's writing, you notice that there is a sense of pride or hubris that tries to burst through. In fact, Paul is so self-assured that when writing to the Corinth church under the inspiration of God, there are times where he literally will take a break from inspiration and say to the church, this is me speaking and not the Lord. He values his own opinion so much that he adds his own two cents to what God has to say. And even though Paul, when questioned about his apostleship, he says, I'm one of the least of the apostles, but he's quick to let them know that I've been in perils more often, journeys more often, in prison more often, I've gone hungry more often. And he lets them know that you yourselves are the seal of my apostleship. When the other apostles question the validity of his call, he is quick to let them know that even though I did not walk with the Lord, I got a direct message from heaven himself, which puts me on equal footing with all of the rest of the apostles. And the reason that Paul struggles with pride and conceit is that Paul has a resume that I know most people cannot compare with. Look at Paul's track record in the scripture. Look there at Acts chapter 14 when Paul operates with such spiritual force after a healing that the townspeople come out and they are tempted to worship Paul because they think that he is Zeus or Hermes reincarnated. Your boy Paul has such a spiritual force that they literally take Paul's sweat rags and handkerchiefs and they drop them on the sick and the infirm. And when his sweat rag falls upon the sick, their fevers are displaced and their cancers are removed. Understand that the apostle is so tough that when he walks down the street, they take their sick and their lame and they put them in his path. And when Paul's falls, falls upon them. The crippled get up and start walking and the lame have their bones begin to be revived. Paul is so strong spiritually that he shakes off snake bites as if they are mosquito bites. Paul is so hard that he has walked away from shipwrecks and jail cells and scourgings and beatings. In fact, Paul bears in his flesh the scars that he has received for being tormented from the faith. And yet he still has those scars and he has his faith intact. In fact, Paul is so strong spiritually that he is preferred even by satanic principalities for the demon that attacked the sons of Sceva was able to say, Jesus I know and Paul I know but who are the rest of you? In fact, Paul is so strong spiritually that when he lays down at night the heavens begin to open up and God begins to unveil the very mysteries of the cosmos and he begins to write them on the walls of Paul's mind. And Paul is at a place where he's honest enough to admit that I've had such success. God has mused me so powerfully. I've seen God operate in my life with such force that there is a temptation for me to become arrogant and conceited to forget that it's God that's operating inside of me. And so what he says that God has done for me, God has given me a precaution, God has put a failsafe in my flesh, God has given me a thorn to buffet me, and it is literally that thorn that operates as the last restraint that helps me remain saved in my journey. And it is amazing how his disposition toward the thorn begins to change. At first he says, I hated the thorn. I pleaded with God to take the thorn away from me. But the longer he abides with this thorn, he sees it as something that is necessary. He sees it as the last buffer between him and alienation from God. And when you listen to him talk about the thorn, there is almost a sense of relief. There is almost a sense of gratitude. There is a sense of appreciation for this tormenting thing because he realizes that he cannot be saved without it. And Beloved, it is an interesting thing because he is grateful for the thorn that brings discomfort to his life Because he realized that without this thing his likelihood of being saved goes down Exponentially and let me just pause and say this tonight beloved I believe that sometimes we ought to learn not just to praise God for those things that Elevate us and promote us, but sometimes we ought to thank God for the experiences that keep us grounded in life, and I know that this is a hard thing to praise God for because the temptation for humans is to only thank God for the things that bring us pleasure, to thank God for the things that bring promotion. We save our best shouts for the things that appeal to our flesh, but the truth is that sometimes we ought to thank God for the experiences that help us to be reminded of where our help actually comes from. And the truth is that there are some of us that ought to thank God that even though you didn't get the job right away, it may have taken a little while, but in the meantime, you learned that Jehovah Jireh was your provider. Sometimes we ought to thank God that even though we didn't get married at 24, somewhere along the line, we got engaged to Jesus Christ. Sometimes we ought to thank God that though we don't have any man, a big mansion, you may live in a small apartment, but you got big faith. There are times where I thank God for the experiences that knocked me flat on my back because it was when I was knocked on my back that I learned how to look to the hills from whence cometh my help and realize that my help comes from God. And so, saints, this is an interesting text because Paul says, I prayed, I asked God three times for this thing to be removed from me, and God's response is that it's not going to be removed, but I'm going to give you a grace to be able to bear up under the weight of this adversity. See, Paul prayed that this thing would be removed from him, but it is literally the thorn that agitates his flesh that helps Paul to operate with a sense of dependence. It is that thorn in his flesh that ushers him to his knees. It is the thorn in his flesh that operates as the driving agent that we talked about earlier this day that keeps him closer to the foot of the cross. And see, the thing that oftentimes we do is sometimes when life gets hard, we'll say, God, I want you to get me out of this instead of asking God what do you want me to get out of this and see there are some times where we want those pressures and tensions that keep us close to the cross to be removed but why would God remove those things that keep you close to him does that make sense In other words, there are certain tensions in your life that God deems necessary and essential to the development of your character and the sanctification of your soul. There are certain personalities that some of us try to avoid and elude in life. But have you ever noticed that no matter if you try to leave one church to get away from a certain type of person, when you get to the new church, that same person is at your new church. You you may try to leave one job to get away from a personality, but when you get to that new job, that same personality shows up at your new job. And it doesn't matter how many times you divorce and remarry, those same things you are trying to escape are going to show up in every new circumstance you encounter. Sometimes you don't need a new situation. You don't need a new job. You don't need a new church. What you need is a new heart from Jesus Christ. And see, there are times where God refuses to remove those things that are going to keep you close to his
0: side. Does that make sense tonight, church? Thank you for tuning in to the West podcast, where we take time to refocus, refresh, and reflect. Before you go, let's meditate on this song. My help by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Let us pray.
1: Lord, we will accept whatever you allow but 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 we're gonna make our requests known for the miraculous thing to turn around and, and Like Jacob we're gonna learn how to hold on and not let go until you bless us We're gonna to cling to you. We're gonna trust in your promises and in your divine power But my prayer for that person that doesn't go home and see a check in the mail Who wakes up and maybe there's still pain in their body? Who who goes back from camp meeting and children are still outside of the church for that person who is still gonna go back to a job where there's persecution and hardship, my prayer is simply this, that you would give them a grace that is sufficient. Give them peace, give them joy, and give them the assurance that you are coming again.
2: suffer thy foot, thy foot to be moved. The Lord which keepeth the moon.